BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey everyone, I'm Christina Garibaldi and welcome to our podcast, The Wellness Academy CBD and Essential Oils, brought to you by our partners at Forest Remedies. Now we will give you everything you need to know about CBD and essential oils, and we'll uncover everything you need to know about cannabidiol, including what it is, its benefits and uses, and why it has become so popular in recent years. And of course, our goal is getting 1 million people to go natural in 2020. Now, I am really looking forward to this episode because we are going to tackle some of your most frequently asked questions about CBD. As always, we are joined by our expert, Dr. Graham and Michael. How are you? Good, amazing. Yes, we are super excited about this. Now, we've already uncovered what CBD is, what its uses are, and even how it's grown. But in this episode, we are taking your questions and we are getting to the bottom of what you really want to know. Are you guys ready for this? Good to go. Good to go. All right, let's kick it off from Mandy. Thank you, Mandy, for your question. She asked, if I take a drug test after taking CBD, will it say I was high or on drugs? (laughs) This, there's no simple answer to this one. Is a so generally no. So the level of THC, because THC is what the drug test will test for. The level of THC, it's it has to be below 0.3 percent, which is is a very very small amount. Um, but so it kind of depends on the sensitivity of the test they're applying to, and it'll depend on how much you're using. Majority of people using regular doses of CBD. It's not going to ever show up on a drug test. However, I definitely know that there are consumers who are concerned about it. So they pick a product that is, we'll say it's THC free. So it doesn't actually have any THC in it. So, I mean, I've often heard of like police officers or people who get frequent drug tests because you obviously don't want police officers impaired with THC on the job. They'll always go for products that are are THC free just to, even though it's a, a small risk, just to reduce that small risk. Does it compound? So like every day if you have one and it has 0.3 in it and then the next day you have it, does it compound up and up or does it exit your system? It, it does exit your system. It doesn't – there isn't that much as called uh, accumulation in the, the pharmacology world. Um, I mean I've done a, a number of studies where we were giving people – we I mean one, we had people smoking four times a day. And even with that, they were eliminating it fast enough that it wasn't going up enough. But it all depends on how much you're taking, how you're taking it. So it can accumulate a bit, but still, because it's the 0.3, the chance. So, but again, if you're taking a really, really, really big dose and the job or police force that you're working for it has a very, very sensitive test, 
there is a risk. So, I mean, if, if you're in roles like that, it's, it's probably not a bad idea to, to use a THC free. But you can go in the Olympics though, the Olympics, and how does that affect there? Cause I know they well, the Olympics the have allowed uh, CBD, but I believe they're still testing for THC. So they're, you still have to, you'd still have to be, to be careful. But like the point three or higher or I mean, like I said, most people using, using the point three, I, I don't, I mean, I'd have to check on the sensitivity of uh, the world doping orders and what they, I don't think their method would to test it, but it's always, uh, it's always better to be on the safe side because you don't want to turn up positive right before, actually it's usually after you won the gold medal. <laughs> right. Very true. If you do take that big dosage, how long will it take to get out of your system? So it actually is kind of two phases to how it gets out of your system. The first phase is quite fast. So it's what's your liver clears it out. Uh, relatively quickly. Um, so, I mean, within, uh, I mean, the smoking site I referred to before where they smoked it three times a day, within about four hours, it was really, the levels were, were down pretty far. The second phase is actually is because cannabinoids are, are lipophilic, they like fat, they actually go into your fat stores. And there there's a slow release of that from your fat stores. That's why for... Uh, products with THC, um, it can, you can have consumed um, marijuana and then test positive up to a few weeks later, especially if you're a chronic user, because it's that slow release from this fat as it's coming out. So somebody else asked, is there a way to, I'm, we were just talking about how it exits your body. So is there a way to dilute CBD? Once it's in your body? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really. I mean, you just have to wait for your, your body, your liver to, to, to metabolize it. So then, then you can, uh, you can eliminate it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So let's go to Chris. Uh, he asks, does CBD cause paranoia? No, in fact, I mean, the research is showing that it may actually, uh, counteract paranoia. And I mean, schizophrenia is a, is, is a condition where, I mean, it's, uh, paranoia is one of the hallmark, uh, the positive symptoms. And, uh, the research, I mean, so far, the, one of the reasons they were doing it is because there, there's a belief that uh, CBD can actually um, kind of counteract that. Uh, so taking CBD itself um, should not. THC, though, is another story. THC, I mean, one of the, the common, for when people take a bit too much, one of the common things that will happen will be heightened anxiety and, and paranoia. Matt asks, can I drive after taking CBD and does it impair those kind of skills? Uh, definitely driving after CBD should not be a problem, especially if the CBD is all you consumed. Uh, and yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't cause, uh, any, any cognitive impairment at all. So, and then Jeffrey asks, can you become addicted to CBD? Uh, I mean, even marijuana, I mean, the, the studies on addiction on that are majority showing it's not really an addictive substance. So when there is, when there is THC habit forming, it's, Yes, it's the, definitely some people get a habit for for marijuana. Um, I've I've never heard of CBD in terms of addiction. I've never heard, and even the habit forming, I I've never. Mm-hmm. I think people it like the effects and keep using it because of that. But I mean, I think for, for stopping, it's not going to uh, not going to be difficult. Right. So it just kind of becomes part of people's daily routine, almost like you said before, like taking a vitamin. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
There's lots of facts to learn about CBD and CBD products, so I wanted to let you know that if you head on over to www.forestremedies.com, you can learn everything you need to know about CBD essentials. Now, one of my favorite products is the Hemp Extract Soothing Balm. Soothe the moisturized, dry, cracked, or irritated skin with this all-natural hemp-infused balm. And right now, if you use the code RELAX at checkout on any of the products of your choice, you will receive 15% off. Again, that's code RELAX, R-E-L-A-X, at www.forestremedies.com. Casey is asking, why has CBD become so popular, and when was the time when it came to the forefront? So I think coming to the forefront is actually quite recent. I mean, considering you think it was first isolated in, in the 40s, it took a long time to build up. I think the biggest reason, again, we've talked about this a bit, is because it was associated with marijuana, because of all the restrictions on the growing of hemp, on the consumption of it, it, it took time to come up. When different states started legalizing, I think that's really kind of what what built it up and why it's it's uh, it's taken so long. And I mean, to Michael's point about the, the natural aspect, I mean, I think people are looking for um, for more natural things, type supplements they can use. And I think that's really helping drive the the interest in it. I mean, Michael, do you think that celebrity culture also helped at all? Well, I think it's just people that are, it's an ingredient that a lot of people have tried and, and they're referring it to it. I think the celebrities are using it. I think that everybody has a friend who, who who's used it or tried it and had good results. And I think that the science, now that people are allowed to do the science, like I don't know who in the world banned it in the first place, CBD, but I think that the opportunity really has been the grassroots movement. And I think that people lead the forefront of change. So I think it's kind of like the consumers will always be ahead. Like when you build brands or you, you try, you got to try and keep up with them. And I think that this ingredient has so many different things, it's, but it, it had a twin sister with named THC and, and, the, and it, it got very cloudy. And I think the smoke <laughs> the is going twin. away. <laughs> <laughs> do we think a lot of people know about CBD now that it's in the forefront or do we think people are still a bit naive about it? I think people have heard it. Yeah. I, I think people are now starting to know about it. And I think that that's due to the research that's being done and, and the people that have had a positive experience with it. I saw some surveys recently where I think it was 70% of North Americans have heard about it. Mm -hmm. um, it was 40% are considering trying it and like 17 have actually have actually tried it. Yeah. I mean, myself included. I mean, I didn't know before speaking with you, you know, I, you, I would think about CBD and THC as being one and the same. And now you've taught me so much. <laughs> I've learned so much. Um, now, are schools trying to educate more about this? You know, medical schools, law schools, is this becoming part of, you know, curriculum? Uh, I mean, I think that's it's a really good question. I don't know about schools in particular, like in the high school kind of elementary school. I haven't heard of people uh, educating there. I I think I've talked about another episode where, I mean, my, just a couple of years ago, my son was given false information at his school uh, about marijuana. Um, in terms of legal, though, actually, I gave a talk at, uh, it was for the New York Bar Association uh, about about marijuana, about hemp. So definitely, I think in the legal system, they are trying to understand. Obviously, the other speakers are more focused on the, the legal aspect. and But I mean, similar to what we're talking today, the lawyers also wanted to know about the science. So they brought me in to, to explain about the science to them. So I definitely think it's the word is getting out there. People are educating. I mean, I hope 
they start to in uh, in high schools is to to educate more. Um, but there's still uh, there's still a big stigma against it. Yeah. Where did you learn? Pardon me. Where did you learn about all of this then? Uh, well, actually, even when I was doing my PhD, yeah. uh, one of my uh, I did a seminar course where you have to pick a topic and and present it. And uh, I kind of I wanted to be more controversial, so I decided to present <laughs> on back then it was on marijuana and why why it was actually safe. And when I presented the the results and really like favorable towards the the safety of marijuana and we sh- we shouldn't be afraid of it and it's a classroom full of of neuroscientists i mean everyone doing graduate degrees in neuroscience and a lot of people were were arguing with me on it and fighting it and i mean these are the same people we we would go out at night and i'd see how much alcohol they would drink and they had no problem with that but they were very very uh, afraid of marijuana and and had trouble with the fact that i was presenting as something that wasn't actually uh, actually dangerous. And I mean, we've talked about there's potentially one reported case of of uh, marijuana toxicity killing someone uh, versus, I mean, alcohol. I mean, the numbers would be staggering if we look at that. Mm-hmm. Do you like, think it's a stigma? Do you think it's like religious? What do you think is the root of it? I I think, yeah, there's definitely a stigma. Do I think religion pays, maybe plays a part? Um, I think I don't know why. I'm not exactly why society decided this this drug was bad. I mean, in uh, Colorado, they've legalized psilocybin. I mean, from magic mushrooms. I mean, because it actually looks like it has some really, really good uh, benefits. The uh, ketamine type substances are now being used in in depression. So a lot of these drugs that we were so afraid of before, I mean, some there, there's definitely, I mean, those drugs are definitely much more dangerous than we're talking marijuana, but they actually have a potential benefit. And uh, we were so afraid of of people getting high and that we kind of stopped looking into these things and just ostracize everyone who would. And it's finally, it's finally turning around. Now, did you have a preconceived notion of CBD before you started looking into it? I guess so. I mean, the reason I chose to do that research project was, I guess I, I, I wasn't sure. And I wanted to, uh, we had to pick a topic and it was a topic I, 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 I wanted to know more about and CBD in particular. I mean that when I was doing that, it was more probably more a bit more focused on the THC side because unfortunately grad school for me is a number of years ago. <laughs> uh, so CBD wasn't as, uh, as in the news. Um, but uh, yeah, I really wanted, wanted to know more and I did have preconceived and it did help like reading the, the research that had been done and the, I mean, massive epidemiology studies because there's so many people who've, who've consumed it. So there's a, there's a lot of really rich data out there uh, to look at uh, the consumption. And it was, yeah, definitely uh, it, it surprised me and it was, uh, it made it for, yeah, like I said, a really good discussion. I'm sure. Michael, what was your number one question when you first started getting into this and first started learning about it? What was your number one question? Well, my number one question was trying to figure out why some worked and some didn't. Mm-hmm. And and obviously that's what led me to hemp extract and the, the full spectrum because uh, that it was the most consistent. So I think for me, when for personal use, that's, that, that was my biggest thing. And then from a business point or building brands, it's more along how do I get rid of these toxic chemicals that are in household products because no one's really paying attention to it. And, and that, and so like they kind of merged eventually. And, and then it's like, because it is confusing. You don't like you hear hemp plant, you hear marijuana plant. 
and really they're like the same thing, just grown a little bit differently. It's like one, it's like you singled out one plant in the whole world and you made it so confusing. And so now like we're just now getting data and being able to, to dumb it down, I guess. Um, so I, cause I, in the beginning I was like, okay, there's hemp seed oil, there's, there's hemp plant and they all have different effects. And, and there's all these different legal constraints and the, it's, it's something that I think that we missed, uh, as a potential opportunity. But I, I think that knowing like the, the 0.30 and the different levels and the different types of plants, like you got to start with the seed and you end up with a product. Um, but I definitely knew for me when my journey is to try and eliminate as many toxic things from being around and not, and that's beyond just the friends and the people that I know, uh, that comes down to, uh, in my household and, and in my lifestyle. So, um, it was definitely something that was kind of like, it's, it, you know, it's a little shocking cause it does affect so many different things. Like it's hard to think of all these years that we missed this super ingredient and, and, so I'm like, what's the catch, right? Right. All right. I want to get back to some fan questions before we run out of time. Uh, Sam asks, if someone needs medical marijuana and uses it to treat their condition, can they also take CBD and how do they go together in the body or do they contradict themselves? Yeah, I definitely. If you're if you're using medical marijuana, um, then you need to be careful in your use of CBD because they do uh, they do it, uh, interact. Mm -hmm. uh, it will change the effect uh, of the THC in there. And it will also, because medical marijuana will have CBD. So your CBD dose will be going up. You'll be potentially counteracting some of the, the THC. Some indications where it may make perfect sense, but it's, it's definitely a discussion you should be having with your physician. Okay. And then Megan asks, I'm interested in getting into CBD. What product do you recommend I start with? It really personal. I mean, a lot of people like they like the edibles. I mean, nothing like cute little gummy bears. Um, <laughs> it, it's really personal, personal preference. And uh, I mean, some of the some of the edibles they make. I've seen ones where it's like a long string of gummy bear, and every centimeter it. Or sorry, I'm in the U.S. now. Every inch, <laughs> it changes uh, changes color, and that's each. So you eat one inch or two inches. That's a set dose. Um, so there's some great ways of, of taking it where it doesn't have to be, I mean, tincture is great, but it's, it's a little on the boring side. Mm -hmm. um, but there, there's tons of great different mechanisms, but you do have to understand each one acts a little differently. So tincture, you hold it under your tongue because you actually absorb it under your tongue quite quickly and it skips your liver. Um, so you, you get a faster onset and then a bit less is metabolized uh, versus when you swallow a gummy, it's going to take a bit. It's going to take a bit longer. If you have it with a big, big fatty meal, it's going to take much longer to hit, but more is going to be absorbed. So you do have to take all of this into consideration if you're uh, as you're choosing what product to start with. Right. So you said like the fastest effect is under your tongue or vaping. Vaping is the fastest. But I mean, in terms of speed is nothing nothing out there uh, really beats vaping mm -hmm. um and the thing with vaping though because it's like it's kind of like it shoots up and then comes down quickly if you want like a, a nice steady dose throughout the day unless you're going to be vaping all day long it's maybe not the best method uh, as we talked before about like if for the, like the social anxiety this public speaking and all of a sudden you're thrust into an event vaping is is potentially a, a great way uh to, to go about. Okay. Last question. Joe asks, do we know everything there is to know about CBD or is there more to discover? And I know in our previous podcast, you said that there's a lot more research going on right now, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's going to keep me gainfully employed for many <laughs> years. I mean, 
I, there's, I don't think we know everything about anything at this point. So uh, there's definitely still lots to be, I mean, just a simple thing that the clinical research really only got started recently. So, I mean, as we're talking in these podcasts about, about anxiety and helping with your occasional anxiety about inflammation, it's, there's not, there's no like big FDA approved, like any regulatory agency has approved it for the, for these things yet. We're still, we're still studying, we're still looking into it. And it's hard because every extract is, is a bit different. So maybe one is fantastic for helping with your occasional anxiety while the other one's not. So we need to keep doing, keep doing the research. research. Well, thank you guys as always. And thank you to everybody for submitting your questions. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this episode, but everyone should absolutely stick around because we have many more episodes in this series where we will dive deep into more specific topics about CBD. Now, don't forget to go to www.forestremedies.com to pick up all your favorite CBD products and subscribe to the show to keep learning more about CBD and its incredible health benefits. 